Welcome to the Irregular Search for Truth, Volume 2, Episode 1. Tonight's topic, the end of the world. Is it really the end? Definitely this decade. Your thoughts. <laughs> well, is it coming? Is that what you're saying? It's coming? Oh, it's coming. And what will it really be the end? Or will it just uh, be the end in terms of our speaking about it? It's going to be like an asymptotic end. You know what I mean? Like, maybe not, like, we won't go from, like, six billion to zero. We might go from six billion to, like, a hundred thousand. We will, uh, we, wow. That is a dire prediction right there. I'm always positive. This decade. This is the one. You're talking about the decade in, that sees the largest drop in population in the history of the world. That's pretty good. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, first folks. Stock up on fresh water and firearms. Don't bother. <laughs> Just accept your fate gleefully. All right, tonight's topic, Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien. Which team are you on? Okay, here's the deal. I think I think the the only way that this fiasco could have been avoided is if Jay Leno had stepped down. You know, when they were like they were like, "Oh, we have to cancel the Jay Leno show because it's no good." He could have said, oh, you know what, instead, I'm just going to retire and look for something else. And then Conan O'Brien could have stayed on as host of The Tonight Show at the regular time. And that would have been fine. But right. as it is, it's just this big fiasco. And even if Conan O'Brien quits, which it seems like that's what, the way he's going, and, uh, and Jay Leno takes over The Tonight Show again, I think he's going to have reduced viewership just due to the fact that there was this fiasco. Definitely. Definitely, and I mean, I think it's like there's a couple of elements, different, a uh, couple different elements. It seems like in this, like part of it is the reason it came to a head is I think because like the local news stations or the local stations, local affiliates are complaining that their news is like you know tanking because there is no strong lead-in. The Jay Leno mm. show is doing terribly in the ten o'clock slot, mm. and normally there's like a Law and Order or there's some sort of like you know Dateline or some sort of these are like eleven o'clock news programs, right? And right. Jay Leno was an hour-long show. The ten o'clock, yeah, slot. How many late night programs can you watch in a night? I feel like they all basically make the same jokes. No, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. But I mean, luckily they're all at the same time. <laughs> luckily, no, they're not. They're like stacked three deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. And I think like uh, Jay Leno does a really like deep monologue. It, it seems like a 15-minute monologue, and then Conan's used to be pretty short. It used to be mm. like a 5-6 minute monologue, maybe even 10, but not any more than that. And he always like... He always had a skit portion or something. Yeah, like and that. he kind of avoided sort of like the mainstream topics, topics I felt like, whereas Jay Leno was like kind of like stuff that you would... He and David Letterman did the same thing. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I felt like. And then Conan kind of did more just off-the-beaten-past stuff. But yeah. I mean, sometimes, obviously, there's stuff that was just so up in your face that you had to do it you yeah. know like the Octomom well I remember when uh, when I first got into watching Conan O'Brien uh, I don't know when it was 10 years ago I guess more I was in college or the end of high school I just sort of uh, I thought that he was a better comedian for the younger generation yeah it's the problem I mean, Jay Leno is definitely like kind of an older not funny. well as is as is Letterman. I mean, it's not it's not that that he's not funny or whatever. It's that that style of comedy 
has its demographic, and, and just like Johnny Carson, you know, had well, his you know, demographic. Actually, to, to tell you the truth, I would say that about David, David Letterman. He was mo- still younger than Jay Leno in terms of like the kind of audience I would imagine that would like his comedy. Only because like I feel like Jay Leno is just he's not very good at being mean. You know, like his <laughs> comedy is just not very like edgy. Mm. And like it, I mean, the reason I don't find him funny is because I feel like. The, the comedy that he does do when he does like have to become mean or make fun of people in the news or whatever it just like that feels like kind of fake it doesn't feel like what he would do hmm. whereas like you could see Conan make fun of somebody or you could see David making fun of somebody see I think I don't I don't I mean I I never liked I, I don't like mean humor particularly no I'm not talking yeah. about mean though but I mean it's like I think in comedy is a little bit of like satire or a little bit <laughs> Satire. A little bit of satire. Okay, you know? and yeah. It's like satire comes from the sort of like making fun of place. Yeah, but I think, I mean, I really think what set Conan apart was he was like, basically he was sort of like, I'm weird. I'm, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a goofball, uh, unabashedly so, you know. I'm like, I, I'm a dork in a sense. Yeah, you yeah, know? you're right, you're right. And, and I don't think Leno or Letterman had that in, you know, uh, uh, I mean, they to some small degree, I guess there was a bit of like self-deprecation, but that was like Conan's strong suit, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, and especially you know at the on the early show, he sat there with Andy Richter, who was sort of like you know this pudgy guy, and they basically like they were just sort of funny nerds, mm. you know, and that and that's what I found quite identifiable, right? Uh, where and you know not that I didn't find uh, Letterman and Leno funny. They made you know funny jokes, but it's sort of yeah. like I, that's not my. I was younger, you know, and yeah, I don't like Jay Leno at all. I, don't, I still don't think he's funny. That's just, <laughs> just my opinion. It's, just, Ooh. it's funny because you can go on YouTube and you can find clips of him going on Letterman when Letterman on with late the Late Show with David Letterman. Oh yeah, when he was on NBC after yeah. Johnny Carson, and it was hilarious. Like he would do his stand-up stuff, or like he'd be like coming in and like doing a bit basically like you know he would sit down with David Letterman like not necessarily stand up but like sit on the couch and right, like, he'd be yeah. like so what's going on Jay and then Jay would like do, go like a five minute rant on like something like that right, you know? and yeah, it was yeah. like oh it was oh he's actually funny and he's actually doing comedy of his own you know whereas like now it's like totally like oh like, people are writing jokes for him and he's just delivering them you know and yeah. like the band every time he makes a joke it's like you know? yeah, <laughs> it's like okay yeah. that's really that's just kind of annoying now well I wonder if uh Apparently, I've never seen uh, Jimmy Fallon, but apparently his band is The Roots. The Roots, yes. Yeah, which I wonder if the whole like dynamic between between the you know the band and the and the host and stuff has changed, or if they still do that kind of like wah wah bit. Yeah, you know, you know never, like, it's funny because I've never seen any of these shows either. Like I haven't watched the Conan Ryan stuff because like, I don't watch that show, stuff anymore. It's just yeah. too it's too late, really. I mean, it's like yeah. I mean. It was always too late, but now it's just like it's too late and it's not funny enough. I mean, it's like that's what it is. And I mean, I don't watch. I think also it's like kind of going back to why it was it came to a head is because the ten o'clock slot sucked, so the eleven o'clock slot was uh, eleven o'clock slot was suffering, mm-hmm. which which killed the eleven thirty lead-in, which is what Conan was doing. Which is weird though because you you sort of wonder like how hard is it to change the channel? If I mean. If you have four local news programs, or say you're in a you know a smaller city than a major metropolitan area, but but like say you've got you've got at least two or three, you know, you probably know which one you like the best. 
And so... No, but that's not the way people watch TV. The way people watch TV is they just leave it on, right? They're, like, taking advantage of the fact that the TV is already on. Like, people are watching a 10 o'clock show, and then they have the little fillers, why your children might die at 11, you know? And it's like, or, like, it's like, the storm of the century at 11, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll stick around for that, and they'll give you those teasers in the first, like, five minutes of the the news, and you'll stick around for the sports, you'll stick around for the weather. Yeah. It's like, oh, next thing you know, Jay Leno's on. And he's doing the monologue, right? So you just listen. I mean, it's it's so interesting that what is before the show really ties you into the show that you didn't really want to watch in the first place. I think I think that that just sort of shows a. I guess you know, uh, in in essence, it could come back to just sort of a general criticism of media or just a criticism of uh, of human beings. Like it it takes an incredible amount of laziness. Not to change a channel. No, but it's not. No, it's not a matter of changing a channel. It's a matter of actually leaving the TV on. Well, but then I mean, then you wonder how effective is the rating system? Because if you just have a TV on in the background, are you like, oh, I'm really paying attention to the ads? You know, I'm going to buy that product, and that's what's really funding this. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's not on the background. These people are watching Law and Order. You know, they're watching CSI or they're watching like you know Dateline or they're watching anything, and then whatever's on next, like they're more likely to watch it because they're already in front of the television and it's already on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just a, it's like a minor addictive drug. It's kind of like I mean, you know, in real estate, location, location, location. Like I mean, a house by itself is worth so much money, and it's like okay, this is a great house. It's got like four bedrooms and it's got two bathrooms and mm-hmm. it's got a deck and it's got a patio. Man, this is a great house. I'll pay you know. $30,000 for it. And, like, maybe in rural Kansas or, like, in a deserted part of Nevada or, like, some, like, you know, wooded part of Oregon, that'd be fine. But if you want a place like that in the middle of San Francisco, then it's going to cost you $10 million. <laughs> and it's not because it's a different house, but it's because what's next to it, right? Mm-hmm. Or where it is. And it's, you know, and, like, remember when they had must-see TV on Thursday nights? To be the show after Seinfeld... Mm. would be like to die for that's like if you want a show to succeed you put it there or if you mm. wanted to, if you put the show after friends or before seinfeld or in between you know in between fraser and in between seinfeld then it's like if you don't succeed you're in between those two shows then your show is not good mm-hmm. you know but but if you like for example let's just imagine if you had that lineup and then you took a show like seinfeld and you put on on a wednesday at like you know six o'clock like, people aren't going to watch it. It's just like that's not when people want to watch the show. It's just not, they're not expecting it or they're not ready to watch all that stuff. But when they're all there in a row, when you have the 10 o'clock show, which used to be like Law and Order or it used to be ER or something like that, and then it leads into the news and then it leads into the Tonight Show, then it's like, okay, that's perfect. Right. And then the second thing was that, like, uh, I guess I read today that. You know, if you compare it, like the Tonight Show with Jay Leno was making like thirty million dollars a year. The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien was losing a million dollars a year. Oh, wow. So that's like a thirty million dollar swing. Yeah. So it's like at some point, I guess, well, you have to make a decision. Like, okay, well, this isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, like, do you just put Jay Leno back there, or do you? Is that the reason why it's not working? I guess that's the tough part mm-hmm. because it's kind of like this vicious cycle of like, well, the, the ten o'clock slot is terrible. So the 11 o'clock news is, like, suffering, and therefore there's no lead in audience to go to Conan and give him any chance to, like, do better, you know? And also, it's, like, seven months is not enough time to sort of, like, establish an audience and get used to what you're doing That's and all that true, stuff. That's true, yeah. So I think it's tough because, you know, like, everybody... W- 
And Jay Leno went through all this stuff before. You know, like, he did the exact same thing to David Letterman. You know, there was the whole controversy when Johnny Carson stepped down. Oh, yeah. And that's why David Letterman is now at CBS and all this stuff. So I think five years ago he said that, okay, I'm stepping down. You know, like we're going to do a clean break, no drama, Conan gets it. Next. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. They're all making millions and millions of that's, dollars. That's what, uh, that's what people have said. It's sort of like, well, oh, it's, it's kind of funny that that, is, uh, that plays, you know, second fiddle to the disaster in Haiti. Uh, it's like you look at your news items. It's like, oh my God, terrible disaster in Haiti, and Jay Leno and Conan are in it. It's like, really? That's the second biggest news item in the world. Yeah, it's unfair though, because it's like then there's no such thing as news anymore, right? Because it's like there's always disaster and poverty, right? I mean, it's like this this whole like un- earthquake thing is almost underlined. It's almost like you know underlining the fact that all this poverty existed in Haiti in the first place, and that country's just been like one disaster after the other for the mm-hmm. last 40 years or some something like that you know and it's like this it was a house of cards and the house of cards finally fell but it was slowly falling the entire time it wasn't like oh everything was great and now it's just all terrible it's well like, how do you terrible. know that they weren't on you know i mean it seems like you know in the last few years i'm not saying it was you know getting radically better but it seemed like things had stabilized a bit and, no uh, i don't i think it's just because you haven't heard about it i mean i think if you went there you would know there's a ton of corruption a ton of like oh, poverty yeah. and you know it's probably the one of the so they, they've been saying it's like one of the poorest and like you know, it is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. So, I mean, there you go, right? I mean, it's like how 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 good it could have been. <laughs> I'm not saying it was good, but I'm saying maybe it was better now than 1993, you know? And, uh, and... It's just tough to compare. If you ever say, well, what am I... How can I complain? I'm making... I mean, I'm making a ton more money than anybody in Haiti. So it's like, you know, can I complain about my problems? I mean, I guess not. Can anybody complain about the problems as long as the lowest maybe that's, person? Maybe that's the lesson. No one should complain. As long you as the lowest person... You should just work to fix things. Yeah. If the lowest person totem pole has problems, then you don't have problems, I guess. No, it's not that you don't have problems. It's just like, stop whining. Yeah. <laughs> stop whining. Moral number one. That's today's lesson. If I could organize a world where no one could whine, that would be my utopia. Would that be a punishment or just not possible? No, it would be it would be the the formulation of society would be such that everything was fair. And if it was all fair and things didn't go the way you want them to, no whining. <laughs> no, but like what I'm saying is is it illegal to whine or is it impossible to whine? Oh no, no, it's still possible. So what happens if you whine? Then you're just a total idiot. Oh, but that, that's true now. <laughs> that's that's no, true but now. I mean no, because like clearly there are some situations where like things are unfair, you know, and it's like oh, okay, well. you got some right to, uh, to maybe I shouldn't say wine, complain, whatever. Anyway, Super Bowl's coming up. It is. Super Bowl ads are coming up. That's actually my favorite part of Super Bowl. The ads. Yeah, like I mean, I love football, and I mean, I've watched a lot of the games this year, but just more than I'd usually have. Mm-hmm. But uh, I look forward to the Super Bowl mainly for the ads, only because it's just like so. It's such a spectacle, you know. It's, I mean, like there's so much like work behind every 30 second ad. They're trying to like catch you, and they're trying to like be funny and trying to like start a new movement. It's just interesting. You know? I, I think I used to, but in the last few years, I've been kind of disappointed. Yeah, I mean, so be it. But that's because you're expecting so much. Right. Well, I mean, I sort of, to be honest, like, 
I feel like you have 30 seconds to make something funny. Yeah. You should be able to pull it off. Yeah. Especially if you're getting paid, excuse me, millions of dollars to do so. Well, I mean, that, what, I mean can you think of some classics that you have... Uh, what's come up in Super Bowl that you have liked? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember too many of the ads. I can, I can tell you the ones that have sort of lived too long in my mind. Okay. The the one that's still around or the campaign that's still around that I'm sort of like, okay, I've, I think I've had enough is the talking baby one. Oh, right? yeah. It's like E-Trade or something like that. What's wrong with that? That's like, I mean, I, you know what? It, what's wrong with it? The guy who's the voice. Why? After a while, I'm just like, yeah, that guy's an asshole. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool, man. All right. I mean, it's, it's that guy's funny. a prick. He's not a prick. He just knows what he's doing. He's helped people he's out. He's totally a prick. Hey, man, you got to get on E-Trade and do some of the diversification, you know? And it's a baby in a high chair. It's like, ah! What about, like, uh, wasabi? Oh, yeah, those were... Uh, what's uh, up? What's up? Nothing? 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 I mean, they they left their they left their mark. They accomplished what they were doing in uh, Super Bowl ads. But you know what? Here's the question. Does Budweiser need to advertise at the Super Bowl? I think so. I don't think they do. I don't think their sales would hurt... No, if they didn't invest the extra millions in Super Bowl ads. I think it's almost like one of those things where, you know, the price is... You're, it's just like the location, location, location thing. It's like it's basing your choice on popularity, which is like ads in the first place, right? But it's like if you can see that ad... If you can see that um, Budweiser's like power is waning, then you might be less inclined. Because there's no reason to buy Budweiser. Right? I mean, everybody knows that. No, you can... I think the people who buy Budweiser are the people who already like Budweiser. But, I mean, that's... I don't think anybody really likes Budweiser. I think it's no, just no, like... No, 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 no. That's not true. No, you, I have think... not, you have not been hanging around a diverse selection. No, I just feel like, okay, fine. Maybe, I, I mean, I obviously have not. But I just feel like when I drink Budweiser, it's like, it tastes like any other beer. Like, I mean, not any other beer, but a ton of other beers. And it's like, if somebody likes Budweiser, they're buying it because it's Budweiser, not because it's like, you know, great. Like if they, if you put a taste test and like you get put three other beers that were similar quality, they'd probably just they'd be like, yeah, that one's good too, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like they're going for it because it's like, oh, like that funny ad or like it, it's in my mind. You're like it's the king of beers, you know. It's like, well, I think I think it's more that it's already the beer they drink in their mind, and it's like number one, you know. Yeah. Like I think some people just drink Coke because it's the it's number one, you know. Like I think that's. And like you know, like the the slogan for Pepsi used to be a choice of a new generation, mm-hmm. because like they're trying to say, well, Coke is number one, but here's the new thing, you know, mm-hmm. here's that like, why don't you go away from the establishment? They're like basically basing it only on reputation, mm-hmm. and I think Budweiser is the same way. It's just like they're, it's like reputation. Like these are the guys with the funny ads. Mm-hmm. These are the guys who are bringing it at Super Bowl. Bud Bowl, you know, Bud versus Bud Light, the Frogs. What's up, Clydesdales? Like it's all about like these guys bring it and like it's funny and like this is why I want to drink this beer. I don't. But what I'm saying is that I don't think that's why the people who drink Budweiser, like I, I mean no, maybe that's why them. that might be why you get the new drinker, right? But you've got a pretty slim portion of the population that's the new beer drinker. That's like I am at this moment going to establish what kind of beer I drink. Well, okay, I would say this. It solidifies in the minds of people who do drink Bud that they should drink Bud. Like, you want to see your brand win. 
you want oh I drink blood and it's like the best commercial and it's the funniest commercial so I want it to be I want it to win hmm so I'm, I'm does team it, coke but does it does it influence your choice of beer I drink coke I prefer coke because of that I have no idea why I just like coke <laughs> I think it's because of the ads, but I don't know. I just like Coke. So, but but it's not a conscious decision where you're like, I want to reward this company for making entertaining ads, so I will choose them. It's an unconscious like this ad was the best ad, so but it doesn't have so much to do with. I just want to drink this Coke. I think the Coke is the best, and I just don't know why. Do you think it tastes the best? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just think Coke is the best. Is the best what then? It's just like, you know, forget forget the metric. It's just like the best. Like the best ads, the best company, the best taste, best package, the best everything. I don't think you can have a best anything without a metric. But what I'm saying is like pick a metric and it's the best. The best bottle? Yes. The best root beer? Yes. It's not root beer. <laughs> The best orange drink. That's how much they've gotten me. <laughs> <laughs> My God, this is a sad state of affairs. Hey, I'm, hey, how dare you? I'm, I'm just. I like saying, Coke. I apparently this is, wow, this is a religion. This is. A, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, I think people like they have a they they ingrain in their minds their brand and they have like this brand loyalty, this brand right. sort of like. Right, but if you have bring coming back to the original point, if you have that brand loyalty. And you're like, this is it, number one. They don't need to go that. No, it's extra a self. Millions. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, though, right? It's a self-fulfilling, like self. Uh, it's like the circle, right? Like I drink the best, and they have to reinforce that it is the best by putting it back into the ad and saying, oh yeah, you've got the best still. You know, whereas like if it's like you don't see the ads so much anymore, or you don't see them sponsoring things anymore, you wonder why don't I see Bud anymore? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, forget it. Bud's not like you don't ever hear about Bud. Then you might actually taste other beers and realize yeah. Bud's not that great. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But the thing was with beer, there's no better utility. There's only like you know. This well, you can make a better beer. You could, but there are better beers, and people don't buy them. They right. want Bud. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying that they want Bud because they. I'm saying they want Bud be out of habit. Yeah. And, and and you're saying that the habit is due to the advertising. I mean, there haven't been like breakthroughs in beer that have like crushed Budweiser. You know, it's like beer, there's like better beer, but there's not like better beers every day. Mm -hmm. There's just better, like there's just higher quality. It's the same with cars, you know, like people know Fords. Like Fords aren't the best, but people buy them anyway. Cause I think the... actually Ford did win some best cars this uh, this year. I mean, it might have, but I mean, they, they've gone through cycles where they make crappy cars also, right, right? right? And it's like, but like everybody knows Ford and they're there. <laughs> the Ford anus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> the crappiest car of them all. But I mean like they like oh it's there and they advertise they know Ford, it's like an American brand. Alright, I'm going with Ford because I'm rooting for Ford. Mm. Some people won't buy anything but an American car. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh it's Ford, you know, even though Toyota's made like most Toyotas are made in the United States and most Hondas are made in the United States. No no no, it's Japanese, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm buying a Ford because it's like Ford. Yeah. Ford. <laughs> the same thing with beer. It's like the American beer, king of beers. Owned you know? by a Belgian company. Now they know. I mean, now it is, but they don't say that, do they? They say An Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. The center <laughs> of the country. Mm. Anyway, I think that's that's my opinion. But, I mean, I think Budweiser puts out some good commercials. <laughs> All right, then. Remember the frogs? I did. Bud. Wise. Bud. Wise.
I mean, you took like a minute to figure it out, right? And then at the very end, they're like, bud, wise. Oh, but that lasted too long, too, because there were those like ferrets or raccoons. Yeah, or that whatever. was funny. Remember? Uh, oh, no, remember, remember the remember the Energizer Bunny where like it was like. I boom, do you remember boom, the Energizer boom, Bunny? Boom, boom. But that did great because it made fun of other commercials. It did, but it was also like that was like almost. I think is when they introduced it, right? In the Super Bowl, was it? But it's a good place know. to introduce like a sort of like new ad, ad campaign, campaign yeah. right? And it's just kind of yeah. fun that way. It's exciting. I mean, I think when I watched more TV, it was more exciting because it would always be like, check out our ad in Super Bowl. It's going to be really exciting, you know? And mm. it's just like, it was always this lead up to like, oh, what, this is what they were talking about on the TV. I know? remember being quite disappointed by several of those things, though. No, it's I like, mean, here, for sure. Here comes our ad. And it's like, uh, oh, that was, that was it. I can't believe I didn't just go get more chips, you know? <laughs> Like, I just wasted 25 seconds of my life. For sure, for sure. But anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the game, of course, but I just like, I don't know, for some reason I just like the spectacle, I like the event, I like the lead-up to it. It's just kind of fun. Boop! All right. <laughs> uh, you got anything for us, or you want me to... No, go for it. Right. I got... Boop! <laughs> so, uh, this weekend was my birthday party. Mm. It was fun. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thanks. I'm 30 years old now. Uh, and I will be unemployed again <laughs> in about a week or so. Uh, but anyway, the party, I think, went well. Um, it was it was a fun party. Uh, and so one of the things that we actually uh, talked about a bit earlier was this party had... Uh, people from all different sort of groups and aspects of my life. Your thoughts on that sort of party? I think it's fun. I think it's it's fun, but it also like if you're like if you're like me, I mean, which I'm sure very few people, people are for a good reason. But if you're like me, you derive a lot of fun from making fun of people or like being sort of a character. And I feel like when a lot of people get together and they meet you, and then they meet your other friends who they've never met. They start to make fun of you a lot. <laughs> You're like, oh, such does this. Like, oh, yeah, he totally does that. What's his problem? Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it's fun that way to, like, sort of, like, and, like, I think it's also fun to see people, like, meet. Yeah, it's fun to have other people meet from other parts of your life and realize that you're kind of the same way or you're different. Or it's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, like, I mean, I'm the same person. Like, oh, it's interesting to see, to meet your family, even though, like, you know, I only know you from work. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're kind of the same way or you're different. Excuse me, you were different, or you know, like this is how you were in college. Or how... It's kind of weird though when like you meet friends from like a very long time ago and they'll start telling stories about you and stuff. And it's like, okay, we don't really need to. Okay, uh, okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm for it. But I, I think at the same time, I'm a little like, um, I, I keep separate worlds. I, I, I pr prefer that. I mean, if I go to a party or whatever, you know, it's fine. Because, I mean, what's going to happen, right? I mean, nothing's going to happen ever. But it's just, like, I think the conversation flows better mm. when people know each other. And, I, you know, in the beginning of a party when people just show up for the first time, you know, like the first half hour, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, hey, Scott, this is my coworker. Yeah, we worked on that uh, project, the, uh, you know, the Cat 561 project, you know. Oh, that was hilarious. So I remember when uh, we were in that meeting. Oh, yeah, you're not, oh, you weren't there because you don't work with me. This is really boring, right? It's only when a bunch of people start showing up that I feel like the conversation starts sort of flowing or whatever. Hmm. 
And so maybe in smaller groups, I feel like I prefer to have, you know, like separate distinct groups where people know each other or have some sort of common thread. Mm. But in, in a bigger setting, it's fine. It's more, it can be more fun to have all sorts of people get together and sometimes, you know, meet each other and converse. Mm. That's my opinion. So, but what about the, the idea of like hitting it off with somebody who you, you know, who you didn't know before? Like, uh, uh, you meet somebody that, you know, you, was a mutual friend or something like that and, and, you know, you just sort of like, you hit it off, you, you have a really cool conversation or something like that. And that'll that. happen, yeah, and it's like, I mean, I'm not saying that I'll keep my world separate, but if I was to put them together, I would pick people who I thought had stuff in common. Mm. You know, like, I mean, I wouldn't find somebody who, I would like, if I had a coworker who was particularly, like, religious or, like, um, serious or non into music, I wouldn't necessarily say, hey, Scott, you want to hang out with us? Because it's like, you're not really any of those things as far as I know. You know, well, like... But maybe I would surprise you. Maybe you would. And then maybe you wouldn't be my friend anymore. <laughs> because wow. you're not the person I thought you were. <laughs> not, that, not that that's why you're any my friend anymore, but it's like, you know, like, I just... When I talk... When we get together, we don't talk about... You know, we don't talk about... I don't know what we don't talk about. We talk about a lot of stuff. But, um, <laughs> but certain people just aren't interested in talking about other, like they just they really know what they're into. But like I mean, let's say my friend's really into baking or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're you're not into baking, so like I mean, you could be in, you could learn about it and listen to it. But it's like you know, if I had two friends that were really into baking, or I had two friends that were really into like knitting, and one was a coworker and one was a relative, then hey, let's get together and talk about knitting. You know, and like maybe Scott. I'll call him the next day when we talk about something else that you're into. We could talk about, you know, international development. Yeah, maybe I have a friend who did the Peace Corps also, like you did. And we're like, oh, yeah, this guy did the Peace Corps. Then we could meet, meet, talk about that stuff. Or like, oh, my friend went to Davis. You know, mm -hmm. like you went to Davis. But like, if my other friend happened to be... I'm just trying to think of somebody who, like, you would just not... I mean, everybody gets along with everybody usually, I feel like. I mean, there's rarely where it's like, oh, I don't like that guy. You know, mm -hmm. like, we have nothing in common. I, don't, I refuse to talk to him. This is not, that's not going to happen. But yeah, I just think there's, like, more opportunities for success with certain people than there are with other people. <laughs> okay, that's that's legit. I think, though, that there is something to be said for seeing people outside of the uh, the situations you normally see them in. And kind of... And I often like being pushed out of my comfort zone and... and and pushing other people out of their comfort zone for you know uh, to some degree. I mean, not not talking about like you know a huge thing, but uh, but just to sort of you, I think you get to know people better when you when you get to know them in different aspects of their life or in relation to you know different uh, different aspects. You mean you get to know them better because you find out who they are with relation to like their other realms like their like their work friends for example or something like that. Sure, yeah, or or you just learn things about them that you didn't know before because you met their other friends. Right. Or yeah. or because you know you you see them talking to, you know, you're there, you're the third party in a conversation and you see them talking to someone and and something comes up that you would have never thought to bring up or something like that and it becomes a, an interesting topic or maybe not so interesting for you but but you at least learn something new about that person. 
Yeah, and I guess I mean that's that I, I agree with you, but I guess that's that's kind of the issue. Like the, I think the word that you brought up was third party, mm-hmm. and I feel like somebody always ends up being a third party. Well, not I mean not always because maybe maybe your friend didn't know that other thing about you. Maybe you know, but I, know. I, I feel like oftentimes like, I mean you're right. Like maybe this person is kind of secretive or whatever. But I feel like a lot of times if you guys are good enough friends, so this stuff will come up. Like oh, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I went to a monster truck rally. Mm-hmm. Oh, I played a game of like bridge with my bridge club. You know, and it's like, oh, oh, I play bridge. I love bridge. Or, oh, I hate monster trucks. Or, I, oh, like, oh, I, I flew a kite that I made my, myself with my My son. mom was flattened by a monster truck. Oh, God. <laughs> Brought to you by the new Ford Anus. <laughs> Let's try that again. Man, this stinks. <laughs> <laughs> the Irregular Search for Truth. Brought to you by the new Ford Anus. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, I mean, there's so many like different like you know interests people could have. It could be like kite making or kite surfing or surfing or diving or scuba diving or running or biking or playing chess or playing you know pinochle or playing bridge or being part of a, a walking club or you know all these different things you could do and it's like if you're good enough friends with somebody eventually i think it'll just come up like oh what'd you do this weekend if you did i mean if you guys can't ask what did you do this weekend and answer like oh this is what i did then you guys aren't really good friends in the first place you know and then eventually <clears throat> it's like oh i went to a, a megadeth concert megadeth huh yeah i'm really in a hardcore metal Really? I just never would have thought that. Okay, cool. Like, you know, and then, oh, as it turns out, my brother's really in the metal. Maybe we should get together sometime, you know? Or, like, oh, I was at the, I was in the garden all weekend. Oh, you like the garden? Okay, you know, a friend of mine was in the Peace Corps, and he's really in agriculture. Maybe we should get to hang out, you know? But if, like, you know, if a friend of but mine... that would be one of those small situations that exactly, you were talking about. Exactly, but, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily invite my friend, who was a germaphobe, to hang out with me and my other friend who would like to garden... And say, hey, let's hang out. Mm. You know, because like, no, I don't like to be dirty. I like to like be clean, mm. and I like to just like be. I like to like you know work on puzzles but of in course. my house. But of course, I'm just saying. That's a long-winded sort of explanation, but that's me, I suppose. <laughs> well, should we call it there? That's about forty minutes. Uh, this has been the Irregular Search for Truth. I'm Scott. I'm Sutton. Next week's topic. Sweaters. See you then.